Hey, whatever. You are now tuned in to the Growing Gardenias podcast, a podcast created to bring you insight on mental wellness and self-help. Always remember you are still growing and still learning daily and you are lovely. Subscribe for weekly gems. Gardenia blessings to each of you. I'm your host, Nyara Jasmine, and this is episode 29, Dear Brothers. Hello, my lovelies. Welcome back to another episode of the Growing Gardenias podcast. Today's shout out Sunday goes to my special guest, my second guest ever, my brother, Justin, who is here with me today. Say hello. (laughs) Thank you for being here today, brother. So today we're going to be talking about childhood trauma and pretty much how we manage that in adulthood. And my special guest, my bro, we have been friends since we were 12 years old. Gang, gang. Little ugly ducklings back then in seventh grade. (laughs) We don't look like that no more, guys. We cute. Okay. So I invited him to unpack this topic with me because he himself had to quickly get his mental health together because he recently had a son, my God, baby. I also wanted to continue the daddy issues episode because in the last episode, I said that I couldn't really speak from the perspective of a man and his father because I'm not a man. So Justin is going to speak to that today. And he's also going to talk about his own relationship with his father, how it affected him, his mental health and his plans on that. Navigating mental health and emotional vulnerability and all that nice stuff with his son. So introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. What do you do? So my name is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a little nervous. No, no, um, it's but, a safe space. Okay. So yeah, my name is Justin Jordan, Brooklyn, New York. 23 years old. I am a chef, a day trader, a student, and a dad. He does it all. Uh, does everything okay thank you for that so let's just jump right into the interview so piggybacking from the last episode which was about daddy issues go listen to that if you haven't heard it can you explain the relationship that you have with your own father okay (laughs) um i felt that yeah honestly i mean i feel like mine kind of fits into that very generic stereotype of like dad was not there growing up and kind of like just had his own family you feel me like and it's hard because i actually have a very good relationship with my little brother and little sister who are his kids yeah his kids it's hard to even sometimes just like open up and talk to them because in the back of my head is like that little kid that's just like man fuck y'all like why y'all took my dad from me you feel me and it's not their fault obviously like i know that but that's just kind of just the trauma talking in the back of my head. That's fair. That is fair. And they are kids. They don't know what's going exactly. on. Exactly. You right. feel me? Like, my little sister is 16 and my little brother is 9. So, it's not their fault at all. Right. So, how has this relationship affected you in different stages of your life? So, as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, and currently, as a man? Well, as a child, honestly, my dad was a part of my life up until I want to say maybe like six or seven years old and then we're gonna get a little deep um please the last day I saw him it was Memorial Day weekend and my cousin was picking me up he basically wanted to come into my house my cousin didn't allow him so she was like I'll meet you downstairs they went back and forth and he ended up literally stomping my cousin out like with Tim's on. What? Yeah, in front of me, you feel me? So it's like, and my cousin. Guy or a girl? No, my cousin's a girl. Wow. You feel me? And the, so like I said, my cousin, me and my cousin are 10 years apart. So I was six, seven. She's 16, 17. So we're talking about a girl in high school. Like, oh my goodness. You know, he's a grown man with Tim's on. Like, right. you feel me? Like, that's 
crazy to see that's, like your dad like because then like obviously I'm looking up to him like that's my hero that's my Superman you feel yeah. me so it was a lot it was a lot and that's kind of yeah that's kind of just ruined the whole image of him for me and after that I honestly I mean he would call every now and then on my birthday but after that I didn't like physically see him for like 13 years did you lose respect for him after that I mean yeah no definitely because like I'm the only boy in my family so like I've Surrounded by women. (laughs) Surrounded by women, black women, you feel me? Like, I have a very high respect for all women, especially black women, because they're who raised me, you know? They are who modeled me to be, you know, a gentleman. They taught me everything I know, essentially. So, obviously, my cousin to me is like my sister, so seeing that was kind of traumatizing and just completely threw me off. And as you got older, how did that relationship, and even seeing that, how did that start to affect you? Like, when you got older and realized what it was? Because I'm sure as a child, you didn't really, like... Like, you knew what it was, but, like, you didn't really piece things together about the type of person that he was. Like, in high school. Yeah, I was, like, in high school, honestly, still got to a point where I did not care. Like, I just did not care. Just about him. Not about what happened, but about him. Like, I didn't care if he lived, if he died. I mean, I just didn't care. Like, Like you really didn't care or you were just telling yourself that? No, like, I really didn't care. And then I had moments because I had a conversation with my mom, like, around the time, actually around the time when I was 16. um, And I actually brought that story up. And then my mom told me her own story with him about, like, how she was physically abused by him as well. Especially one time while she was pregnant with me. That kind of even just threw me off even more. Like, what the fuck, bro? Like, so after that it was yeah like I really did not care and then I ended up finally seeing him the day after I turned 21 for like the, like I said like the first time in like 13 14 years and how was that I really did not want to go I yo I did not want to go over there I really only went over there just to see my little brother and little sister mm-hmm. and I went with my older sister so me and my older sister have the same mom and dad so I went with her and obviously the first person I see when I open up the door is this nigga and he obviously has this very stupid big smile on his face like yo what's up man how you? like in my head i'm thinking like you dead ass yo bro <laughs> in my head i'm thinking like yo if this nigga don't get the fuck out my face bro like i didn't even come here to see you you feel me so like okay i gave him like a basic dap like yeah what's up I... and then i went straight to like i went straight inside the crib and like you know hugged my little brother hugged my little sister honestly this was like the first time i met my little brother like when i met him he was just a baby I, mm-hmm. like i said I, I hadn't seen my dad in about 13, 14 years. So that means I I hadn't seen my little brother in about that same time. That kind of made me deal with all those feelings. Like I was literally just saying like, I don't care. Cause I really didn't, but now it's making me care. Right. And it's getting me tight. And I feel like the even bigger thing like was my sister, like my older sister, Clark, she she has a completely different relationship with him. Even after all the shit that he's done, she's still going to him with open arms. I can't blame her. You feel me? Like we're five years apart. So she's had a much closer relationship with him than I have, obviously. So it's a completely different dynamic. So I can't blame her for that. But I did at a point in life. Like I did blame her. Like he does not give a fuck about us. Why mm-hmm. are you running to him? Like, like you don't understand why she wanted a relationship yo, with him. Yo, at all, at yeah. all. It was literally beyond me. Like I did not comprehend it whatsoever. It's the stupidest thing to me in mm-hmm. all reality. So when I went over there and like I saw him. Like, did he act like that situation didn't happen? Oh, with my cousin? Yeah. yeah. It was kind of even more annoying in a sense. Because obviously the first time I'm seeing him since then, my mind is literally literally going to that moment right 
and he's acting like everything is all kumbaya. So what did you do, like, after talking to him and stuff? I was giving him real one-word answers, like, you feel me? He could see my vibe, like, I really did. body language. Yeah, like, I was barely paying him any attention and shit like that. Like, he kind of got that vibe, but, like, obviously, he's still going to push and push and push, you feel me? He's like, he's that dad. Yo, (laughs) bro. Literally, everybody that he's taking me to see, they're like, wow, that's your twin. Wow, you look just like him. I hate that shit. Oof. Oh, I hate, yo, I hate that so much. Y'all know that feeling where you're, like, compared to somebody who you really don't fuck with and you're like, are you dead ass? That's mad disrespectful. Bro. <laughs> like, bro. After that, um, my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm not about to let you into my life at all. Like, whatsoever. Like, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, Has he reached out to you in the 13 years? Or tried to reach out to you? Tried to. to you? you feel me? Tried to. Definitely tried to. Mm-hmm. But like I said, like, I didn't look at him the same way. So even if, when he would call me, because... And this is the crazy thing. Our birthdays are four days apart. The last time I heard a happy birthday from him was when I was nine years old. So from nine to 21. You do the math. I didn't hear a happy birthday, a call or nothing. Mind you, obviously, I'm his firstborn son. And yeah, not that far from each other. Queens is not that far from It's right there. And like I said, four days apart. Like, and your number has been the same since we were 12 years old. My number's been the same since I was in the third grade, bro. Like, <laughs> you had a phone in third grade? I did have a phone in Oh, it was rich. Nah, it's it not even... Me. I went to school all the way in Canarsie, so you feel oh. me? my mom is just very overprotective. Like, it was one of those tracker phones. <laughs> we're not going to get into that, though. We're getting off topic, though. <laughs> we're getting off topic, but... Yeah, like, I've had the same phone number since I was in the third grade, so it's like, why did you not call? But why not call and be like, you know, happy birthday, blah, 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 whatever. So, obviously, like, he said all the, you know, I'm trying I'm trying to have a relationship with you, you know, like, we need to catch up, blah, blah, all the same bullshit, you feel me? And in my head, I'm like, yeah, nah, never, I'm never letting you back in. Yeah. And then, I had a son of my own, and that opened up a whole thing, because... Wait, sidebar, I just want to say my godson is the cutest kid in the world. (laughs) I just (laughs) want to say that. He is, he is. But, like, I didn't think, like, it would have such a big impact on me, like, having a son myself. And obviously, like, I'm going to be candid because this is what this conversation is for. Like, obviously, when I first learned I was about to be a dad, I was very ill-prepared, like, completely, like, in a different time, different headspace. Like, I mean, I was still working. I was still in school, but Mm -hmm. I was completely bullshitting. I was a hoe. You feel me? Like, so it was a completely different time for me. Like, I was really not prepared for that. So, obviously, in my head, I'm thinking, like, okay, I really don't want her to have this kid. Obviously, no, I would not trade him for anything in the world. We love that boy. But that was my headspace at the time, you know? But obviously, once, like, it was apparent, like, okay, you're gonna be a dad. You're gonna have to. After you stop freaking out. Yeah, after I stop freaking out. (laughs) Shout outs to you. Oh, thanks. Shout outs to you. After, like, I kind of settled in with it idea it was something that like I actually looked forward to and then that even got me kind of upset even more with my father because it was like bro one I'm not even in at the time I wasn't in a relationship with my son's mom now obviously I am but if I can have so much love not only for him but for her as well like why couldn't you when you and my mom were about to be married and they were older than you guys right yeah yeah my mom was 26 when she had me my dad was I think my Oh, really? So... Did you having your son make you want to kind of like rekindle a relationship with him? Yeah, with your my dad? Dumb ass. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make you dumb. That's your dad. Yeah. Like... But now that I look back on that, like, I completely regret doing that because I really should have followed my mind. Like, I should have 
completely listened to my intuition and... What was your intuition telling you? Leave that nigga alone. <laughs> don't hit him up. Don't do anything, you feel me? But obviously having a son, like I just said, and being in a situation I am... like Opened up a little more. Yeah, you know, like I was very... And it was obviously a very vulnerable time. So I, I don't want to say I reached out, but... um. Okay, so before I had him, I reached out. Like once, like I said, once the idea settled in, I was gonna be a dad. I reached out to him, told him what was up, blah blah blah. And in that moment, I also, I also told him like, yo, I need to get some shit off my chest. Like I really need to tell you about yourself. Like tell you all the shit that you've done. Mm -hmm. And honestly, when I envisioned having that conversation, it was a much more productive conversation. But really, how it ended up was, I was going to a bar. I was gonna go meet some friends, and he called me when I got off the train. We ended up literally having a screaming match, like back and forth on the phone. On the phone for like an hour and a half. It just made me hate him even more. Like mm-hmm. so, that was you know real rough for me. Like so, fast forward because we had like a couple conversations back and forth even between now. Still very nasty conversations. It's literally just us going back and forth. You feel me? Both like y'all not listening to the other, just just yeah. at all. It was just bad. It was bad. We ended up actually meeting. That conversation. I mean, like I said, like I, I told him about him. Like, like how I actually wanted to, but like we sat down, talked everything out. Like he blamed a lot of stuff on my mother, and one, I'm already not here for any of the slander on my mom's. Like, Period. At all, you feel me? Like my mom did everything, everything. Right. My mom literally. is literally the greatest. So superwoman, you better sit your stupid ass down. <laughs> um, like you better relax yourself. So I told him about himself. Like I really told him everything that was on my mind. From her, not only me but my sister. She came a fucking delinquent. I mean, she's much better now, but she was <laughs> a fucking delinquent, so... But growth. But growth, you growth. feel me? Like, yeah, facts. So, like, that was a really rough time for us. Like, that was a rough time for my moms, for my grandma, for everybody. I told him about that. I told him about what it did for me, you feel me? I told him that it was a certain point in time where I didn't care if you lived or died. I would have been completely happy never talking to you again at all. Like, <laughs> at all. Like, I probably wouldn't have went to your funeral. Like, I told him everything that was on my mind. Actually having that conversation, like, and it being, like, productive in a way, like, we both, like, not only did we listen to each other and shit like that, but, like, we actually got through to each other, or at least I thought so, in a sense. And then we were supposed to meet up after, but he wanted to reschedule. That just became another cycle. Like, you feel me? I was just that same kind of stupid little kid like like you thought things were gonna be different yeah, you guys you, were gonna like, have a relationship it got worse because not only did i get my permit by myself but even before then i burned myself like really badly like at my job so that was when i was like okay yeah nah i'm never never dealing with this nigga ever again in life like thank you for sharing that and for the vulnerability yeah. black king this is a safe space yes, i know So I wanted to ask you, so what quote unquote daddy issues do you identify within yourself? When you stop and think about your mental health at this age, 23, the point in your life that you're at, what issues do you recognize within yourself because of your relationship with him and how that has molded you into the man that you are? Well, okay. At a point of traits. Okay, I see what you're saying. At a point in time, I did find myself looking for that affection in, I guess, like, I, not in other people, but like a role model in a sense. Like, I don't think I have any other traits in me to this day. Like, if anything, like, I knew once I had a son, I wanted to be the complete opposite of what my dad was. I literally wanted to be that Superman, but like forever. I never want him to see me any other type of way. Like, Especially like how you saw your own dad. Yeah. Right. Okay. Thank you for that. 
So at what point did you start to process your own traumas? And like what kind of triggered it? And what kind of like made you stop and be like, okay, I kind of got to get my shit together? So I guess I do get seasonal depression because holiday season, yes, it is real. Holiday season, like this time, like literally from after Thanksgiving, like literally the whole month of December into even New Year's, like I just get fucking depressed. Like it's just fucking gross. It's not gross. It's normal. People get depressed. Yeah. And I would try to hide it. I would try to cope with it in different ways. Like... Like what? Smoked a lot of weed. Like a lot. I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I guess also that's also like kind of where I kind of just threw myself at different women. Like, you know, like that was really a big time. But what was the moment where you were like, okay, I have these things that I've been through. They're affecting me more than I think or more than I'd like to admit sometimes. And I need to do something about it. I got really, really, really low. Mm -hmm. Two years ago. This is two years ago. And I got really low, like suicidal low. And I tried, you know, my hardest not to think those thoughts. Like I said, like I tried to find other ways to cope with it, but they were not working. Obviously, Mm -hmm. like drugs and sex can only work for so long. And that's not at all, really. So yeah, they don't work. At all. It's not at all. So I got really low. I hit up um, a friend of mine. She helped me through that tough time. Like we had a conversation. She was like, "I really think therapy will help you." And then I had a like conversation with some more friends, and I had a conversation with my mom. And the initial conversation with my mom did not go as I thought it would. Like she kind of talked about herself for most of it. Like, but she helped in the biggest way possible because she's the one that introduced me to my therapist. I don't want to say I had the same stigma that black people have about mental health or even seeking help because I have a lot of friends that when I did tell them that, you know, I was seeing a therapist, they thought I was fucking crazy. Like That's uh, the reaction that most me? people have. Like, like, it's funny too because they're Haitian too. You feel me? Like I told, <laughs> oh, Haitian people forget about yeah, it. What? <laughs> so... It was like, you feel like they thought I was crazy. And it's like, yo, bro, like, one, you going through shit yourself. You could you benefit a from a therapist, my nigga. Like, I didn't have that same stigma, but it was weird to open up to a fucking stranger. Like, that's just weird. Like, when you really think about it, like, it's weird to just open up to a stranger about literally every single thing that's happened to you in right. your life. From sexual abuse to childhood trauma to whatever. Like, everything. You feel me? Like... It's weird. And I had tried it before and it did not work out. And that was because I just couldn't relate to my therapist. Like, it was some gay white guy, like mid 30s. Like, I can't relate to him. You feel me? I'm black. (laughs) My family's from the Caribbean. Like, you don't really know anything. Like, that has to really do with growing up like that. You feel me? Like, I met my therapist. Not only was she black, but her family's from the Caribbean. They also looked at her the same way for seeking her own help, but also this being like a career path. Like, so she knew everything that like I was dealing with. And not only that, but she also had her own daddy issues because her dad wasn't present in her life. That was like a big help to me. But like around that time was where I realized like, okay, like one... In my head, I was like, yo, I'm too wavy to commit suicide. Like, the world needs me. me? (laughs) Period. Look out for his restaurant, y'all, in a couple years. Okay? So, like, I knew that I couldn't do that. I knew Mm. I couldn't do that. We don't say commit suicide. Die by suicide. Die by suicide. Mm. Okay, I'm sorry. Die by suicide. No, don't be sorry. I learned that in school. Because commit is like they're, like, doing a crime. And it's not a crime if you're struggling with mental health. Does that make sense, guys? Like, when you say commit suicide, it's like... As if the person is doing a crime. Die by suicide is just more, like, sensitive to whatever it is that someone is going through. Okay. 
Okay, I see what you're saying. It's just weird because when you say die, it's like they died of like natural causes or they died of die by suicide. Die by suicide. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Die by suicide. So I knew I didn't want to do that. Like I knew I couldn't. I couldn't do that. So yeah, like I sought out help. That was really a big thing for me. So therapy. Therapy. Helped you out. Shout out therapy. Seattle. Shout out black therapists. Period. I'm coming, guys. I'm coming. Facts. So, you see, I don't be chatting when I tell y'all, get a therapist. It literally will change your life. Yeah. Right or wrong. Yeah, nah. Shorty, she, she's the best. I really do love her. Like, she's amazing. Like, she helped me through everything. Like, because I started seeing her two years ago. So, she helped me through not only all the daddy problems that I just explained to y'all, but she also helped me with me now becoming a father because right. like I said I was not ready for that you like were, yeah. at a point in time I was actually fucking depressed because I'm like fuck I'm about to be a dad what the fuck yeah, am like, I about what to, you about to do what bro like holy shit that's scary yeah you feel me so I was dealing with those problems everything mm-hmm. but she helped me through it all and how did your mental health improve after therapy and how is it still improving oh no it's much better now like one I'm much more communicative like and I'm talking about, like, actual feelings, like, which I never did before. Mr. Like, I'm not emotional. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but, like, I actually, you know, talk about my feelings. I talk about what's going on. Mm-hmm. I talk about when something is wrong. Instead of just resorting, like I said, to either drugs or sex. Or alcohol. Or alcohol, because I also drink a lot. I talk. That's a really big thing. Like, yeah, that's, it is. That's a really big thing, like. From holding stuff in for 23 years mm-hmm. to now, from the little, littlest, like the most minuscule moment where I get agitated or annoyed, like, I say, yo, I'm agitated, I'm annoyed, right. yo, this bothered me, like, I talk about it, you feel me? And that's what everybody, that's what my moms, my friends, you know, my girl, with everybody, you feel me? My son, because he be wilding sometimes, I'm not gonna lie. like, he be wilding, <laughs> he be wilding. <laughs> He be wilding sometimes. I love him, though. I love him. He's a baby. He be wilding sometimes, though. Like, I be trying to change his diaper. Some be flipping all over like, yo, bro. I be like, yo, just chill, bro. He's practicing his gross mortar skills. Nah, he be wilding. He be wilding. Leave my baby alone. Whatever. (laughs) Okay, so thank you for sharing that, of course. Of course. And I'm happy that you're now able to, like, express yourself. That's growth. Yeah. That is growth, especially for all of y'all out there who are like, oh, I don't have any emotions, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, no, that's not what we're doing. No, we are living in our truth, being honest with ourselves, being honest with the people around us, and just being upfront about everything. It is hard to be vulnerable, trust me, right? Isn't yeah, it? It's, it's hard. That's fine. But it's like, you literally grow, and you literally can like see the growth. You feel the growth, too. So try it out. Get yourself a therapist. So as a black man, mm-hmm. we're going to get into to that. Yeah. As a black man, do you feel like, I guess throughout your lifetime, that you've been able to express your feelings or, well, actually you just said no, but disclose times where you were like struggling with anything or like mental health related? Do you feel like you had like an outlet or that you were able to do that? To help? Like to To like just express your, express whatever it is that you were going through. No, not at all. Not at all? Like, because you didn't want to or it just wasn't available for you? I want to say it wasn't available, honestly. I feel like as black men, like, you're seen as, not only are you seen as, like, supposed to be this strong figure in the black community, but in just society in general, you're just supposed to be just a hardened individual, you feel Mm -hmm. me? Not only are you supposed to have everything together, but 
you're supposed to deal with any of the shit that comes with being a black man right. in America. And not being allowed to even feel a type of way. You just got a tough. You feel me? So, no, like, not at all. Like, it's it's weird in a sense because it's like you don't realize it until you get older. Like, I didn't actually realize all the fucking pent-up frustration and pent-up just fucking emotions I had until I went to therapy. I didn't realize, like, how much, like, I was fucked up. Really, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I just thought, like, you know, it's normal. Like, I'm good. I'm Gucci. Like, and I then... Swear you always realize how messed up you are. <laughs> like, when you're an adult, now you're like, wow. No, dead ass, though. Like, really. This was really traumatizing. Yo, dead ass. No. Like, you feel me? Like, Wait a minute. It's crazy, because, like, you, like, sometimes you might even joke about it, like, laugh about it with your friends and shit like that. Oh, my God. You, you laugh me? about it all the time. All we, the time. Yeah. We laugh about it. Yo, we've laughed about our traumas all, all the time. The t- and then all literally the we'll stop and be like, Wait a minute. That's kind of not funny. Yo, that's kind of <laughs> sad. Like, I'm gonna cry a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And we're laughing because we literally have had these conversations <laughs> where we're like, yeah, this happened to me as a kid, yeah. but uh, you know, I mean, I'm okay. And then we're like, hold up. What happened? Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of sad. Yo, bro. So, no, like I really never had that outlet. Even I feel like to this day, like black men don't really have an outlet where they can actually discuss all the things that's wrong with them. Like, right. And I don't even want to just limit that to black men, honestly. That I'm just men. talking about talk, not only men, but also like i feel like even black women like Mm -hmm. don't really have an outlet where they can you know really discuss how they feel about anything i mean yeah fucking take summer walker for example like you just you touched on that a couple episodes ago Go listen to that episode yo let us live bro she has social anxiety and y'all saying because she's famous like she was a stripper blah blah like yo that makes no sense bro that makes no sense and it's sad because it's mostly people from the black community that's putting her down men and women too men and women Mm -hmm. like and it's like, yo, bro, like, this is a queen. This is somebody from our community. Like, y'all should be uplifting her in this time because y'all probably dealing with the same issues right. y- yourself. Right. And instead of being like, yo, I understand what that's like, or even just looking out for her. Even empathizing. Like, even if you don't understand, you can empathize. Empath- y'all just putting her down. Literally. And that's just fucking disgusting. That's nasty. That's gross. It's- I feel like men, though, like, especially black men, like, I think it's becoming, like, mental health itself is becoming more, like, disgust and people are getting more into their mental health i feel like women still have like like you said you know we don't really have a space but like it's more than men do especially black men i feel like like i literally almost every remember when i went to talk to the kids in the bronx Uh literally i had um a group that was just boys it was like five or six of them and i was talking to them about like emotions and stuff and they were like yeah no my dad told me i gotta be tough no i can't cry that means i'm weak oh the block is not gonna respect me i'm like you're like 11 years but that's the reality like that's that's literally the reality and it's like i feel like black men still have it worse and then also just even amongst each other like like you said when you told your friends you were going to therapy they were like you crazy and it's like it's not even a safe space amongst each other so it's like how can you even explore that yeah no it's not a safe space among each other at all like you feel me like my friends like and i love them you feel me those are my bros like you feel me because obviously before therapy my friends are the first people i i reached out to like not only niara but like you know my bros like literally like these niggas told me like yo just 
roll a spliff. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, yeah, like, I laughed because I'm like, nah, these niggas not dead ass. Like, I laughed, but in the back of my head, I'm thinking like, yo, Damn. what the fuck, bro? Like, I just told y'all niggas what I'm going right. through. Like, and y'all niggas telling me to roll a spliff, bro. Like, I just rolled a spliff. Pretty much suck it up. You feel me? Like, smoke it out and you'll be out. You're going to be Gucci, like, just suppress that shit. Basically, what you've been doing your whole entire life. Which is why we're messed up. And that's fucking toxic. Right. You feel me? Like, I still love them, but I don't hang out with them as much as I do anymore. Cause Protect your peace. That's fucking toxic. That's just a toxic-ass mindset. Like, it's still, like, they also don't know any better, too. Like, yeah. they're just not in touch with their mental health either. Oh, yeah. No, not at all. You feel me? Like, like I said, they've had their own dark times, and they haven't dealt with it properly. It's kind of sad. Right. Y'all need to go to therapy. Facts. Please. <laughs> okay, so from a man's perspective, because you're the first guy I've had on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, you the first and the, my only get my second guest. <laughs> it's okay. We're not talking about that. Mm-hmm. We Yeah. So from a man's perspective, what are some things you feel that can make mental health less stigmatizing for other men? Like, what would you like to see moving forward in our, well, it could be in our, like within the black community, just in general. What are some suggestions or what do you, what would you like to see? Well, I mean, off rip, the stigma, bro, that stigma is just a gross-ass mindset to have. People, not only people, because we're going to get real specific here, but black yes, teens, fucking even... Middle schoolers, too. Yo, little kids, like, yeah. are hurting themselves, are depressed, like, and you don't look at it as anything because black people in general are supposed to just be strong be strong mm-hmm. and seen as resilient and don't get me wrong we are resilient we are as fuck super resilient but i want to talk about my feelings too yeah. my nigga like yo i think resilience is good but also like for us it's like kind of toxic to us because it's like we go around like okay we're super resilient so much so like we don't deal with anything just because it's like all right shake it off like i can recall growing up my mom my family member suck it up oh you crying stop crying (laughs) yo or like or like if you would get like hit or something that's another that's another episode yo no that's another all my caribbean children y'all know getting beat (laughs) with slippers hangers wires everything anything my mom threw a toilet a roll of toilet paper at my head one time (laughs) that's the only thing that she had but like just being told like suck it up or i'll give you a reason to cry like you like we don't already have a reason to cry i'm already crying like you're not allowed to like express how you're feeling then you have these kids who especially i think especially with boys the only emotion you know is anger because that's the only one you're allowed to express like if you're sad you can't cry you can't be like i need help you can't be like, I need a hug. I need some support. No, you got to be tough. Suck it up. Chin up and continue. And, on. and that's like, that's horrible. Like we are literally, and it's like, we're continuing this cycle and it's sad. Like, so it's like, how do you think we can like lessen that stigma? Cause I know when I was trying to talk to the boys, the kids literally like they were, I could tell that they were listening and they were like, yeah, you right. But at the same time, they were also like, you right, but like, nah, because mm-hmm. I still got to be tough. Like, I can't be like this and da, da, da. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how to reach them. I'm like, maybe if it was coming from a man, maybe they would feel like, okay, well, if this guy, this big looking tough guy is telling me, like, it's okay for me to cry, then maybe it's okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I definitely feel that's a big thing because obviously for young black boys, even young uh, Spanish boys, like, that's 
something that would help. Like, if I'm seeing somebody that I'm viewing as, you know, this very big, strong, tough guy, and they're telling me that I can express my feelings, that I can actually feel my feelings, like, I don't got to just bottle them up inside, then, I mean, that would definitely help. Like, I also feel like a big thing, as much as I want it to happen, it probably won't, but we need therapists in public schools. Like, Mm -hmm. not just one guidance counselor for, like, 500 kids. We need... That poor guidance counselor is burnt out. Yo, like, like, they barely want to be there. Like, as much as... They probably wanted to help when they first got there, Mm -hmm. but... At the end of the day, they're like, shit, fuck it. Fuck it. And then you have these kids who are like unresponsive and just like, just not with it at all. It's draining. Like I was only in that school for one day and I was like, I'm ready to get the fuck ASAP. (laughs) Like I was like, I don't know how to reach these kids. And it's kind of discouraging. Like some, some were like getting it. And then some were just like totally uninterested. Just like, nope, nope, not dealing with this. I mean, that's sad. It is. It's like those kids are going through some real shit like some real real shit like i mean one they live in the bronx (laughs) (laughs) so but like on some on a real level on a real level like the south bronx oh baby yeah but like for real they're really going through some shit so it's Mm -hmm. like no outlet no nothing nothing like nothing like and parents who are telling them to suck it up and that's just yo that is terrible, like, because yeah. you're supposed to be the one person I'm supposed to come to when I do feel sad, when I do mm-hmm. feel upset, when I'm not just angry, but I'm fucking depressed, bro. Right. I'm fucking depressed. Yo, I remember me telling my grandmother that I was depressed, and she literally just read me a Bible scripture, <laughs> like, off the top of her head, bro. <laughs> off the top of her head, she just oh quoted a Bible scripture. That's a Caribbean woman for Yo, you. Yo, bro. <laughs> And then just continued having her conversation, whatever the fuck she was talking about. Right. And I'm like, I'm not. This is why we don't yo, come to y'all. This is why we yo, don't like, say what anything, the fuck, bro. Like, I, I don't. My mom I was don't. like, "You gotta be strong," and I'm like, "I can't." That's why that's I'm. That's why I'm in this position. Bro, not, right. You feel me? So one seeing seeing it, like seeing open spaces with black men, will help. That like, there is a guy in Brooklyn. I'm gonna get his name. He has um. I think he's from Morehouse. He has a like a therapy, like a private practice or a, maybe it's an organization, don't quote me, where he focuses on black mental health for men specifically. That's awesome. In Brooklyn. I don't know that much information about it, but I did see it like on Instagram or something. That's really cool, actually. Yeah. We need more of those. Yeah. Yeah. No, we definitely need We're more. We're like of people those. who look like like you, like and other black men. I mean, we talk so much about representation in every single thing that we do, not only mm-hmm. for black women but for black men as well right there's and only like four percent of black psychologists or some small number what? like that yeah that's fucking yeah crazy. so that's a big thing like if i'm seeing representation like if i'm seeing other black men talk about their feelings if i'm seeing mm-hmm. that happen you know like i'm like okay you know then i can do that right you know like and that's, that's just a big thing. I feel like that would really help change the stigma. Right. So how are you going to navigate your own mental health while also prioritizing your son and his mental health as he gets older and like just teaching him the importance of mental health and being emotionally vulnerable and all that stuff? Well, I've already come to the conclusion that I want my son to come to me with everything. Because like I found out I was having him. I didn't tell my mom for like three months like really like three and a half months almost four months like because i was scared shitless like mind you i'm a grown-ass man like (laughs) i like i shouldn't be scared to tell my mom but i was fucking petrified like 
that's just the little kid in me still, you feel me? So the little traumatized. Yeah, kid. bro. Like so I want And him. you see how we're laughing about it and it's not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> Yo, it's really sad. It's really sad. It is. But like I wanna have that open space with him. Like, as soon as like he's able to like grasp all the different feelings that he has inside, I wanna bring up that conversation. Like, yo, you feel me? Whatever it is, I want you to come to me. Like I want my son to just be open with me like come to me with everything that you're dealing with come to any of the problems you're and having. to auntie facts you feel me come to i swear anything like because i mean i couldn't do that like yeah as much as my don't get me wrong my mom is still amazing i still love her she's the one that introduced me to my therapist but i couldn't go to my mom with those feelings you know like yeah i had to go to a therapist right and so what are some ways well you you touched on it a little bit but what are some ways you're gonna kind of break that cycle of like trauma and just like not being able to be open about your feelings and like all that stuff with your son if he's ever in a place where it's like more than i can help with obviously you know breaking that stigma of like seeing a therapist makes you crazy like yeah. no you're not crazy bro like and i'm sure if he sees that his dad is like you has know. his own therapist yeah. and is like encouraging this he'll be more like willing to do it but also he's gonna be raised like you being aware of, exactly. of mental Facts. health so so and that's a i feel like that's a big thing like for any person of color really like because mm-hmm. when white people do it you feel me like and i have white friends my best friend is white but like when white people do it like <clears throat> one my other best friend, best friend okay. my other best friend Thank you. okay all right but they're looked at as you know that's regular for them they can do that like it's no stigma behind it but let it be a person of color oh you crazy like why is that bro why is that get a drink suck it up toughen up crazy that's literally crazy so like I'm definitely gonna tell him like yo like and even if I'm not seeing my therapist at that time like I wanna tell him like yo like there was a time one where I was suicidal and I sought out a therapist mm-hmm. and she helped me through every single thing. So yeah, I feel like that's how I'm probably going to help him do that. Definitely. That's great. And I'm going to help him too because that's my baby. Of course. So lastly, to conclude, thank you for all of that. Thank you for coming here, sharing your story. Of course. I'm, I know you touched somebody out there. You touched me, but I know just for for men, like, it is okay to be vulnerable. It Word, is okay bro. to, like... Please put that split down, bro. That, <laughs> that shit is not helping. You still sad. <laughs> you still sad. <laughs> you just sad and high <laughs> now. That ass, you feel me? That Hennessy is not... Yo, bro, stop it. Stop. You feel me? Go see a therapist. Them four or five chicks you running through, that's not the answer either. It's not. It's really not at all. You feel me? That's not. So, to conclude this lovely interview my lovely second guest Mm -hmm. what are just some tips you have for your fellow men regarding mental health (sighs) fellow men i speak to you as a man myself i know it's hard to express yourself especially in the way that you want to as much as we try to not care about what others think about us we do Okay, we do. Especially the ones closest to us. And it doesn't help when the ones that are closest to us are not helping that situation, you know? So a big thing that I feel like you should do if you are dealing with any type of depression, any type of suicidal thoughts, any mental health issues, anything, you know, 
and you've been trying to find an outlet in other places and it hasn't been working, seek out a therapist. I can't stress that enough. Like, that was my savior. Like, that helped me. Like, therapy, like, really fully, completely changed my life. Like, it's a testimony. For real. Really completely changed my life. And it has to stop, especially by the black community, by the Caribbean community. Like, mm-hmm. it has to stop being looked at as I'm a fucking crazy person. As, right. you know, I fucking need medication or some shit like that. Like, it just has to stop. That that has to stop, bro. Like, you feel me? We get anxious, too. We get depressed, too. Like... And it's okay. It's okay, bro. Like, it's okay. Trust me, it's okay. Like, you don't have to fucking keep bottling up your feelings inside, like... To the point where you fucking kill yourself, like, because then now you have people who are like, damn, I didn't even know, or damn, I thought he was happy, or like, no, bro, I'm, I wasn't happy, like, at all, like, Mm -hmm. I wasn't happy, I was hiding my shit, you know, like, I was going to y'all with the club, but really, I just wanted to go home, fucking cry, or cut myself for it, like, seek out a therapist, like, specifically a black one, you feel me, like, nothing against, like, white therapist or anything like that but like for somebody to really relate to you i feel like that was a big thing for me like for somebody to actually know what i've been through yeah like and just understanding also your place in this world too. yeah you feel like, me like that's hard to be black bro like it's hard you feel <laughs> me real. it's hard so like for somebody to actually understand that like and really resonate with you on that level like that was that's a really big thing i agree I'm still looking for a black therapist. It's okay. You're going to find one. I hope so. <laughs> but yeah, you know, that that will help. Trust me. Trust me, that will help. Okay. Thank you so much for coming again. Of course. Of yeah. course. Of course. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. And thank you guys for listening. Please leave me a rate and review. And I'll hear from you guys. I'll hear from you guys. I'll talk to you guys next week. Gardenia blessings to each of you. Bye-bye.